I was sleeping around, just a horny young gay Having lots of sex and lots of careless ways Then I got the word from my drag mother Come on, little miss Now we work with ending HIV Supporting and informing our community Serving up a podcast celebration Across the generations And that is why we're here <laughs> This is a sexual transmission We're stiff And plays Hi, I'm Blaze. Hi, I'm Steph. And welcome to Sexual Transmission, a sex-positive podcast for the people, queer people specifically. It's our fifth episode. We'd like to thank you for getting us into the top 20 podcasts in the sexuality charts on iTunes. That's exciting, isn't it, Ever been in a top 20 before? <laughs> Goodness, we're, we're top of the pops. Amazing, right? <laughs> and I hear that we are big in Japan. Yeah, so Vic, our producer, was telling us that in the kind of stats that we're getting in of the listenership of the podcast that there's a big cohort of listeners in Japan. Amazing. I know, I feel like an 80s pop star. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go there and get swamped on the tarmac <laughs> exactly. as we get off the plane. Sexual transmission, the world tour. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese tour. The Japanese tour, exactly. <laughs> so we just thought that we'd throw in this little bonus episode before we finish for the year. And we thought we'd do a little Holosley episode. Absolutely. To, to help you navigate the Holosley season in style, grace, gayness, campness, fabulousness and frivolousness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to take a little hiatus until February after this episode, but um, we just thought that we would get together one last time um, on the mics before the Christmas holidays. There's kind of quite a lot that we really wanted to talk about just in terms of um, how you navigate the holidays, mm. Mm. Um, seeing family, safety, being safe sexually, um, a whole bunch of stuff. So why don't we just dive in? Fantastic. So I guess the first topic that we can cover off is something to do with what I guess a lot of us have been dealing with this year, and that's the times of COVID-19. Mm. And because of that, some of us may not be able to see those we love this holiday season, and we may have to spend that in kind of isolation. If people mm. are coming into the country, they may be in hotels over that time by themselves, or they may just not be able to go overseas and see their family. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have incredible technological resources at our fingertips. Mm. Um, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom. And, yeah. and, you know, I wonder what a, a Zoom Christmas must feel like. Yeah. I've been um, talking to friends in the States and, you know, listening to different people in the States who who have had, you know, recently Thanksgiving. And, you know, they, they've had Thanksgiving Zooms where literally you set the computer up at the end of the table and the whole family does that. And, and there you are all sitting around eating your dinner, doing what you'd normally do, but just communicating through the internet rather than in person. That's so cute. And if somebody says something you don't like, then you can just like yeah. mute them or turn off the video and be like, or, bye. Or, or you just mute yourself exactly. and say what and you would really want to say to them. Scream some expletives <laughs> at them. Exactly. Reverse with a, with a pleasant look on your face so they have no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just smiling through the pain while you're screaming at them and they have no idea. I absolutely <laughs> hate you. <Yeah. laughs> With a huge grin and a loving <laughs> exactly. look in your eyes. So it's not all bad, you know. <laughs> I think 
Something I've been thinking about a lot recently this year is, you know, how we do spend time with our families over the Mm. Christmas period or the holiday period. And I guess the expectations that we put on ourselves to perform or to be accepted or to please people in our families. Mm. And um, particularly, I think, from a queer perspective, it can be a lot. It can be a very arduous time. Mm. Um, Some people, it's not safe for them to be queer at home. And so there is kind of performative straightness that they have to do. Or, you know, if they have a partner, maybe that partner isn't able to come to the family Christmas and, you know, all that kind of palaver. Mm. That segues us nicely into, I guess, the kind of surviving of the family shit Mm. during the holiday time. You know, it's fascinating being a queer person in an environment or a period of time in the year that is quite dominated by very homogenous and heterosexual traditions Mm. um, that are lauded over by Christianity. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's definitely that as well, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I I made a decision quite a few years ago that the way that my family does Christmas is kind of not really the way that I want to do it. I would find myself sort of joining in on these events and kind of think, "Mm, I don't really want to be here. And so I just created a a new tradition that actually works really well, which is um, spending time with um, the family members and actually it works even better to kind of separate them out. So, you know, often often on Christmas Day, there's a whole bunch of people who all get together, don't necessarily like each other. There's arguments, there's fights, mm. there's all kinds of weird things, there's mm. tension. If you just pick and choose those people that you want to see for Christmas, do it ahead of time and separate them out, you can actually have a really nice time individually with people without all that kind of collective stress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I decided to do that a few years ago and it works really well. You still get to spend time with people, give gifts to them if, you know, if that's what you want to do. But then you're not having to be part of this day that has this huge kind of emphasis and mm. stress on it, you know. Mm, mm. It's kind of a stressful day for lots of people. It really is. It really is. I feel like if you can remove yourself from that dynamic, you still get to spend time with the people that you love, but you do it on your own terms. Absolutely. And I mean, in a way you get more than one celebratory day. Mm. You get several and it's spread over a longer period of time rather than 12 hours of grossness. Yeah, And you're just sitting at the table getting drunker and drunker in order to cope with the the onslaught of opinions. (laughs) And and do you know what? The most fun part about this new tradition that I've created is I phone around about sort of lunchtime and the phone gets passed around the table so I get to say hi to everyone and I get to hear the strain in their voices. I get to feel the tension in the room. (laughs) But the call lasts for maybe... I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes, and then I just get on with my day. Perfect. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry to Christmas, you. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I mean, that's also, I think, a really empowering thing to do is setting those boundaries for yourself mm. and in a way that is devoid of expectation of other people, particularly the straight people in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest here, they're not the important ones. <laughs> Oh, controversial opinion from me today. I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that's honest and festive. (laughs) But yeah, setting those boundaries for yourself because what's the point, you know? If if the kind of point of this period of time is to celebrate 
togetherness or whatever it's mm, for. Mm. Um, coming together. Coming, and, I love coming yeah. together. Well, I do that more than once in a year too. So, <laughs> I mean, if I'm already doing that, what's the... <laughs> Why do you have to, what, do, what, to spend time with family? Yeah, exactly. You've been coming together all year. <laughs> exactly. So, just not with your family, I just hope, not, girl. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. That is a boundary I have set a long time ago. <laughs> I think that might have been a boundary that was set by the law. Yeah. <laughs> One would hope. Let's, yeah. <laughs> Definitely in this yeah, country. Yeah, no kai kai here. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, setting those boundaries is a, is a really um, empowering thing that you can do for yourself. Mm. And it doesn't have to be this kind of guilt trippy thing because at the end of the day, it's for your own happiness at yeah, this time. And absolutely. what's the and point of, of, of making others happy if you're not happy in yourself? Absolutely. And and as you said before, for your own safety as well, you know, there are a lot of people who potentially aren't safe to just be themselves. Yeah. And I think what's really, really important to think about is if you do find yourself having to go and, you know, go to a, a family occasion, you know that there's some homophobic people there, you mm. know, it could even be your parents. Mm, mm. So perhaps you have to kind of take yourself back into the closet temporarily. Mm, mm. Um, you know, that can be stressful and, and it can be a feeling of you sort of denying a part of yourself yeah. that, that you're starting to, you know, if you're a young person, maybe you're really starting to kind of celebrate your queerness and and feel as though that's your authentic self and, and to have to go back into the closet is feels like a step back, I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's, it's traumatizing. It's, yeah. I mean, really, really unpleasant. But if you still feel that, you know, that's part of the tradition, that's what you want to do, you still want to spend time with your family. Just kind of be a bit thoughtful about that and and make sure that you're not denying yourself on the inside. Still hold on to that celebration of queerness on the inside, even if you can't do it outwardly. Merry Queermas. Merry Queermas. Merry Queermas. The other thing to note is if you have to go and do a family lunch, you've got to be, you know, kind of not your authentic self. Make sure you do something extremely gay afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Whatever, whatever way that manifests, I yeah. mean, just go for it. And Sometimes it may be a 10-person orgy. Other times it might just be watching a Barbra Streisand film. Absolutely. It might even be getting into full high whore drag. Exactly. And, um, and sitting around drinking a bottle of champagne. On your Having own. a little twirl and drag, drinking a bottle of Verve. There we go. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, the, the other thing as well is, um, you know, kind of create some support around yes. um, that experience. And whether it's, um, you know, maybe someone else who's, who's having a similar experience, you guys can kind of like text back and forth and you can kind of make light of those things a little bit. Mm. Um, I remember, you know, when I was younger and there were sort of more homophobic people around, admittedly they weren't phones that we could instantly text on but I remember just kind of remembering the stories and telling them to gay friends Mm. afterwards and all having a laugh Mm. about it. Mm. It doesn't have to be that personal that you you can't have a laugh about it afterwards. Well, there was, I remember... Very recently, actually, in in one of the last couple of Christmases, I had a moment Mm. at at a family Christmas that the next day after Christmas when I came to the beach to spend time with my queer family, Mm. you and I had a a big old chat about it and it was extraordinarily healing. Mm. Yeah, I was really able to just work through that process and let it go. Yeah, Um, completely. Because, you know, uh, there's no point in 
and sitting with that when it's people just projecting their own holiday shit on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember you kind of explained the whole situation and and I almost remember seeing on your face the idea of that was really wrong. You know, mm. you you had maybe hadn't had time to process it on your own, but mm. when you actually said it out loud to me, mm. that was the first step to you thinking, hold on, that wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and then, you know, I, I kind of shone a bit of light on an experience of my own and, and together we, you know, we just unpacked the fact that it was actually really dumb. It was nothing to do with you. Yeah. We went and had a swim in the ocean. I think we wore wigs. We did. Oh my um, gosh, we did. We had and a little. Yeah, we we wore caftans. We had a little twirl, mm. and you know, left it all behind us. But exactly. that that support, I think, is really important. Whether Definitely. it's from other gay friends or maybe you've got like an understanding relative who'll be there. Make sure you get a seat next to them. Definitely, the, the ally in the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Choose the geography mm-hmm. of the of the mm-hmm. lunch, if, and yeah. if you've got play settings. A great thing to do is get in early switch and while everybody's around. drinking the eggnog or whatever, switch, just go in, into the lounge and switch them. Put yourself where you need to be. <laughs> exactly. Put yourself <laughs> at the kiddies table if, you, if, that's, <laughs> if that's what's necessary. <laughs> um, but that, that's a really lovely point actually is, you know, I've been very privileged to have a chosen family or a queer family mm, mm, mm. Um, in you and in, and in Jamie and over the last few years being able to have that festive moment with a really, really uplifting and full of love and Mm. um, at a place that is very special to us. And that's been a really beautiful thing. And I think there is that other idea, which is quite common in queer circles of, of like a, an orphan's Christmas or, mm. a, um, you know, if you have a group of friends who may be disenfranchised or may not like going home for Christmas, maybe pop round to each other's house on, mm. on, on the day and, and celebrate together and absolutely yeah buy a chicken or a, a toe fucking or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the ones that are like... fucking. I think that's something different, darling. Oh. <laughs> no, like a tofu chicken? A tofurkey. A t- oh. <laughs> I don't think there's a chicken version. I'm a lapsed vegan. <laughs> Tofucking is something oh, different altogether. Oh, that's what happens on New Year's Eve. Exactly. <laughs> Remember to be safe. Clean the toes clean, before clean you start. Clean the toes first. Yeah, yeah. Clip the nails. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have to, you can just take one finger of a latex glove and pop it over the big toe. Yes. <laughs> be safe, kids. <laughs> um, I love that idea of of the orphans Christmas or mm. the chosen family mm. Christmas. And, you know, going back to what we first talked about with people who are maybe alone during Christmas, like have a little think about the people that you know. And, and if you know someone who maybe would normally be traveling to see their family who can't, you know, invite them over. Sometimes yeah. people who feel a little lonely don't feel that they can kind of reach out. But if you actually get an invite to do something, you can think, hold on, I don't need to be alone. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, just it's the season of generosity and that's just not with giving gifts. It's also mm. generosity of your kindness and kind of making sure that, that everyone feels happy and included mm. and loved. Mm. And and there are other things you can do on, on the holiday period as well that kind of place you in a context. Like one of the kind of strategies I've had <clears throat> recently was volunteering on Christmas, mm. you know, in that, in that spirit of kindness and, and altruism, mm. um, finding organizations that may need volunteers on that day, 
whether that's city mission or if they're particularly, maybe there's a rainbow organization that may need some volunteers mm. um, for maybe like a Christmas lunch they're putting on for disenfranchised rainbow folk. Um, if you're able to, potentially that may be another really empowering way both for you and for the community that you can spend time on that day. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's an amazing idea. And at the end of the day, it is just one day. <laughs> In the year. Of days. Of days. Of 365 days. <laughs> oh, gosh. And that day and that, and that is day called is Christmas, Christmas Day. Christmas Day. <laughs> Proceeding New Year's Day a week later. And, and Boxing Day straight and bo- after. Oh, Boxing Day straight after. And so sometimes you observe the Christmas Day on the Monday following if it falls on a weekend day. Day, 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 day. Day, day, day. Day, day, day. Doris Day. <laughs> How amazing. Well. I just wanted to say just one more thing about um, the whole family thing. This year I lost my dad mm. and it was a really, really interesting time. My, my dad um, was diagnosed with terminal cancer and he was given six months to live I've had a really kind of strained relationship with him for most of my life. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I moved out of my parents' home when I was young and lived with my grandparents. It was, I think we were just, we were two extremely large dominant personalities who just clashed. And he was the adult and I was the kid, but I didn't really see it that way. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> this is the way we do it. I'd like to do it this way. Mm-hmm. There were problems there. And we, we never really bonded like, you know, kind of kids do with their fathers. Mm. And so it was sort of, you know, pretty much my whole life. And, and I remember my brother phoning and saying, look, dad's in hospital, you should call him. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, what would I say? I don't know. I, I just felt really uncomfortable. So I kind of put it off and then I thought, no, I'm going to do it. So I phoned him and, and it was really amazing. We had a little chat on the phone and I thought, this is interesting. This is something that I've never really kind of experienced with him before. And so then, you know, this was all during the COVID lockdown time. So we spent a lot of time talking on the phone, which was actually really amazing. And and I, I just took it for granted that something had changed and I didn't know what, and I just carried on. And then once the lockdown was lifted, I started going and visiting and I was going in and seeing him a couple of times a week. We were spending loads of time together. We had some really beautiful, frank, kind of conversations and and actually we kind of built and created this quite beautiful relationship and yeah I feel really lucky that I was kind of given that second chance at at um, having a relationship with my dad mm. and it was very special and after he passed away I was trying to kind of unpack and think about a little bit about you know what what changed and why why did we relate to each other in a different way? And and I was talking to a friend of mine who's a kind of specializes in grief counseling and I hadn't really cried at all. I'd felt more kind of relief and luck and, and loved the time that I'd had with my dad and it was a really special time. And then I was driving to work, talking to my friend in Ireland. He said something really interesting that just, made me need to pull over to the side of the road and break down and have this, like, just kind of let everything Mm -hmm. out. Um, And I had that kind of moment. I was like, bitch, I'm driving (laughs) on the motorway. (laughs) But he said that for two people who've had conflict in a relationship, 
there needs to be some vulnerability. Somebody needs to show vulnerability so that you can then kind of have some kind of, I guess, healing and some like an, a mm. gateway. Mm. Um, and my dad, you know, realized that he was going to die. He was close to death and he had been told that that was going to happen. And that, I guess, in itself made him feel vulnerable and made him want to reach out to me. Yeah. And me seeing that then kind of opened up my idea of, okay, what is this relationship? This is actually, there was a softness there and there was an openness and and it actually made me be able to feel vulnerable and the two of us together coming together to, I guess, you know, start again, mm. which was which was a really beautiful thing. And I guess the reason I'm telling this story a little bit is people are going to see their families and, and I know that when you first, you know, if you know that there's conflict there, the thought often is I need to put up a wall, I need to steal myself, I need to be strong, I need to not show anything that's vulnerable. And I just suggest that if you feel that you can, to show a little vulnerability and a little openness could maybe go a long way to kind of healing some rifts. Mm, I, I, mm. I don't know if that's always the right thing and and you shouldn't put yourself in that position if you don't feel safe, but it really worked for me and I just feel so grateful that I was given a second chance to actually have a really beautiful ending to my relationship mm. with my dad when it had never been there in the first place. And and that was all down to just sort of being open and vulnerable and, and letting down some walls that have been, you know, built pretty high over the years. So... Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point is that through trauma, we build up shields against things that could hurt us and, mm. and again and again and again. And, and, and the more it happens, the higher, the taller, the thicker those walls become. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I think allowing people to see a vulnerable or truthful mm. part of you that is intrinsically truthful it offers the space to have connection mm. and have moments of connection. Yeah. Um, and I think that may not be able to be the case for some people, but I think those who have the ability to, mm. um, that could be a really useful tool in terms of, again, you know, we talked about those boundaries. Mm. Maybe that is a boundary that some people are do feel like they're willing to behold for themselves mm. and they have steeled themselves to the point where they kind of go, I actually have the strength and mm. my my self-assurity mm. um, to actually engage in that way with family mm. um, at that time. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, bringing a little bit of your own truth to a situation mm. can be surprising, you know, the reaction that you're going to get. I mean, a lot of people that I talk to who've had bad experiences um, with homophobia often bringing a bit of truth and confronting a person's homophobia is enough to make them kind of break that down a little bit mm. and maybe not, you know, if you're faced with someone right in front of you mm. and they say, I'm gay and I'm proud of it, seeing that assurance and seeing that pride can sometimes make a homophobic 
person say, well, okay, I'm going to step back here. And then that gives you a little bit more power, a little bit more way of you feeling stronger in a situation yeah. and, and wanting to move forward with some strength. So mm, mm. I guess these are all really, really interesting things to explore over this time when, when you find yourself away from the safety of your kind of queer yeah. life. Yeah. You know, yeah. we live these very, very lucky lives where mm. we surround ourselves with gayness, other gay people, gay businesses, yeah. you know, yeah. we live in gay areas. We listen to gay music. Totally. <laughs> and then suddenly when you're not in that situation, if, if you can be thoughtful and you can look mm. at the situation, um, you might learn something about yourself, but you might also teach some other people some interesting Absolutely. things. Yeah. And humility and, mm. and that kind of internal strength mm. will prevail it yeah. will above all of whatever the kind of gross cis hits am i allowed to say that <laughs> um yeah, the, I mean, it's just a term it's just a little term depends how you say exactly it, sorry you? the lovely cis hits <laughs> uh throwing at you this holiday period mm. um humility internal strength, grace, mm. elegance, poise, fabulosity, fabulosity are all things that I think innately as queer folk we have within us. Mm. And a lot of the time it may feel like the outside pressures of the world kind of are working to pull that out of us or mm. to, to strip us of that. But I guess the innate politicism of being visibly queer in mm. an environment that is not just that act alone mm. is a very, very strong thing. Mm, it's powerful. Yeah. So yeah. you already have that strength to be able to then go, Oh, like let me open up a dialogue here and let mm. me, let me connect. It may really disarm any potential tension or conflict that may arise mm. because people kind of go, Oh my God, I was expecting you to be, defensive and, and, and I was expecting mm, mm. you to get rocked up. Um, I was expecting you to be quiet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And just take it. Mm. But instead you're coming back to me with a dialogue, which is not. It's not negative no, or aggressive. No. It's just, this is me. Exactly. Yeah. This is, this is where I'm at. Thanks for listening to sexual transmission this summer. No, fuck. Okay. Okay. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. So. This summer, make sure you use lots of lube, whether it's silicone-based, water-based, or hybrid lube, for all your insertive, non-penetrative, massage, and lubricant needs. We have a, a range of lubricants available in all Ending HIV-free condoms uh, provided by Wet Stuff. Ensure that if you are using a condom, that you are lubed and ready to go. No wonder you had trouble there, girl. That's a mouthful and a buttful. Speaking of buttfuls... And mouthfuls... Make sure that you're getting your HIV and STI checks pre- and post-holiday. And don't forget, window periods exist. So ensure that you're getting your follow-up checks three months after your holiday checks. Thank you! Stay safe. I had a very interesting experience recently with a family member where I took that strategy. Mm. And uh, this is a family member I hadn't spoken to in 
since last Christmas, and this was <laughs> perhaps uh, even the family member that you had the conflict uh, with. Last yes, Christmas. perhaps the com- family member I had the conflict with. Let's just go back to that for a yes. second, because you made a conscious decision to stay away from that person because yes. you thought it was a, a bad situation. Which, uh, um, yeah. you know, that's a really strong and bold and beautiful move. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 congratulations yeah. on doing that, um, darling. Thank you. Take, was... Taking back some of your power. You don't need to be yeah. around that if it's going to be a negative time. Exactly, and that was a really. Uh, I remember talking to you about that as well the day after mm, it happened mm. and I just I felt quite vulnerable mm. um, because you grow up with these people and and there's a part of you that will always have an attachment or um, with this particular family a connection really. a connection yeah. yeah I felt as though it was that thing of ha- if I didn't behave in a certain way or I didn't cede or concede in a mm. certain way to the behavior of this person then I was the one responsible for the fracture mm. Um and in talking with you and having that beautiful support. Mm. And, I, and I think I said to you, um, just from my perspective mm. as an older person, yeah. the longer that you're away from home, because, you know, mm. re- re- quite recently you've moved out of home. So, oh, yeah. you know, I you're mean, still very connected to yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, family exactly. in a very sort of, um, you know, a young person's way. Mm, 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 um, mm. And the longer that you're away from that situation, the stronger you become and the yeah. less that what people in your family say means to you. Absolutely. It, it's not such a big deal anymore. Yeah. And yeah. And I think saying that to you kind of planted a little seed of, well, hold on, what if I do remove myself mm, from mm. spending time with that person? What does that look like? Yeah, yeah. And you did that for a whole year and yeah. that looked good and it felt good and you'd taken some power, you know, Absolutely. you'd removed yourself from yeah. something from something that's negative. And, and so then when you did see that person again recently. It was, yeah, it was really, I was able to just kind of go, well, this is where I am. I don't need to defend myself. And you can try um, mm. and antagonize or whatever, but I will meet you with grace and mm. I will meet you with humility and I will speak with you in a way that is, is human. Mm. <laughs> that um, and, and you got a really great response. Yeah, and it, it, like it was a very healing thing. Mm. We had a really great, t- well, I, great in the context of that relationship, mm. but a really... Yeah, it was a bonding moment. Yeah. And, you know, we hadn't had that in probably over 10 or 15 years. So, so great. Yeah, really, yeah. really interesting. That came from, you know, us talking together, mm. but it also came from you just creating a bit of sort of thought space for that and, and examining it a little rather than just thinking every time I see this person <laughs> is going to be a shit time and I'm just going <laughs> to get myself ready for yeah, this. Yeah. I've just got to deny myself. Mm. I've just got to do, you know, whatever it is you've you've always done in the past. Mm, like, mm, it's mm. it's actually really healthy to sometimes think outside of that and just think, okay, mm. well, what is another way of doing Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Actually, let's try this and and look at the yeah. beautiful response and and result that you Absolutely. got. Absolutely. And what I also observed is that not only did it impact that direct relationship, but it impacted the relationships I had with other people in my family Mm. because there wasn't this kind of festering pit of mutual resentment. Mm. (laughs) It gave space for people to kind of contribute to and interpersonally connect, Mm. which which hadn't been the case for a long time because 
there had been this kind of isolated fracture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because, I mean, the thing is what that does to you personally, yeah. and I know what it did mm. to you last Christmas, mm. what that does to you personally is really intense. Yeah. And so yeah. think about what it's also doing to the other people around you, mm. what their response to it is. It's that whole kind of fight or flight or yeah. do both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> Which like, I did. Yeah. And, <laughs> And it just it's 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 really intense, yeah. and and I'm just so proud of you that you built on something that was a painful experience. That really, I mean, you know, it was it was pretty crazy. Mm. I, I remember mm. hearing about it, and I thought, well, <laughs> I remember situations like that, but how shit that someone as gorgeous and wonderful as you has to still go through that in this day and age. And so, you know, amazing work. And that's so beautiful to, you know, to see you get a really, really fabulous result. And and now the next time you see that person moving forward, it's like, what is this going to be? How yeah. are we going to do it? You know, you, you, you're approaching the whole thing from a very different place. Absolutely. And, and that's growth and that's progress. And yeah, amazing. And if I can do it, so can you all. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, what you did was you set a boundary and you stuck to that boundary. And that was that was not only a boundary around that other person, it was also a boundary of you creating personal safety for yourself, you know, emotionally or, you know, in, in some people's situations physically. And And because you created that and you stuck to it and you held strong with it, that person had no choice but to accept it. Mm. And creating a boundary is something that you can Google. So if you know <laughs> any anyone, you can Google it. There's a lot of literature and and interesting approaches to it from an intellectual standpoint, mm. but also from people's personal experience, yeah, social um, standpoints. Yeah, yeah, and and so try that out. There's so many interesting things that we can actually do and achieve at this time of Absolutely. year and, and putting ourselves into these weird situations that we maybe don't really want to be in is, you know, if, if you're just going to sit there being quiet thinking, oh, I hate this, why yeah. not actually do something a bit constructive, even if it's just inside your own head? Mm. You know, you could actually be changing things without even saying anything at all, just by changing the way that you feel in a situation. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, as much as here we go, it's Christmas, it's presents, it's blah, blah. It's also a whole bunch of emotional baggage yeah. and shit. So yeah. why not play with it a wee bit and mm. experiment and make yourself stronger? Kindness to others, but also kindness to yourself. Absolutely above all else. Mm. Yeah. And our really interesting way of coping with that is having our chosen family time as well. Sure is. And and, you know, I know you go and you have your family Christmas. I do mine weeks and weeks before <laughs> and I call them on the day. You know, we have our own thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the most beautiful time of the year is having, you know, not only our time together, mm. but all the other wonderful people that we bring with Absolutely. us to our, to our little camping holiday to that we do. Camp, camping at the beach. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess this kind of leads us to some really interesting things to do with the holiday. Definitely. We go there, we go to a gay kind of camping experience, mm -hmm. and it's one of those mad places where everyone is as gay as they want to be. <laughs> yeah. They run around in caftans, there's like dress-up days on the beach. It's, you know, it's full gayness. And and I would really urge people if, um, you know, if, if you don't have a particularly gay family time, make sure you do something extremely gay afterwards. Exactly. Find yourself a little gay holosleigh destination. Go with a whole bunch of gay people. Make it queer as all hell. Yeah. Um, it kind of blew my mind the first year I went and stayed with you up there. And what I love about it is the kind of 
different social navigations and things mm. and the little community that that gets built up there and and finding your place within that community yeah. and it only lasts for as long as that that little period of time over the Christmas and the New Year yeah. period but you know I I've certainly learned a lot about my shall we say sexual practices mm. um, on these camp campery holosleys uh, sure. you know I recently in one of the recent years I learned how to douche with a pump bottle and a <laughs> long drop. Um, you know, sometimes on New Year's Eve, one likes to not only have a New Year's Eve. Only, New Year's, only Eve, New Year's Eve. Just once a year. Just once a year. Sometimes someone, you know, you don't only want a New Year's kiss, but you actually want a New Year's threesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, at about, well, because, you know, we have our little planned little um, early evening soiree that then mm-hmm. transitions into, you know, to the, towards the midnight celebration. And I thought, well, I don't want to be antisocial and like pop out during that. So I'll, I'll have to do it mid-afternoon. So what does she do? And now I don't recommend this, but I thought, well, I need to ensure longevity here. So I popped a couple of Imodium just for oh. safety's sake. <laughs> and because I wasn't sure how treated the water was at the campsite, uh, we had a little shopping trip earlier that, mm-hmm. that morning. So I bought two one liter pump bottles because you, you never know how much water one needs to flush oneself out. And just a little note there, make sure you don't get the chilled water. Don't get the chilled water. No, you want it at least room temperature because all all I can say is anal fisher, darling. It'll just <laughs> tighten you up and it's not what you need. And so I popped my tuamodium just to ensure the longevity. And, you know, I ate light that day as well. Mm-hmm. I ate light. And then at about, I think it was about 3 p.m., 4 p.m. maybe, I, I popped to the um, the long drops. I mean, they've only got long drops mm-hmm. there. The, and lovely though, you know, ventilated, you know, they're, they're not what you'd imagine, but Imagine this however you want, dear listener. I, painting such a beautiful it, picture. Exactly, exactly. And so I popped in there and um, what quite often happens is when you're in there for a certain time, a little queue forms outside of the long drop because, you know, people need to go. There's only um, a couple servicing a there's large only, <laughs> number of campers. Exactly. A large <laughs> number of people needing to douche. Uh-huh. Um, a large <laughs> number of camping bottoms or verse bottoms or tops that are wanting to experiment on New Year's. Look, I'm not yucking anyone's yum maybe young just here. someone who wants to do a poop. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. Um, don't they just go down to the heterosexual area? Oh, the yes, 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 yes. These are, du- these are douching long drops. <laughs> yeah, 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 these are douching. Yeah, purely for douching service. Exactly. So she's in there, she's spritzing away, but there's a specific technique that one needs to um, use in order to um, insert a nozzle of a pump bottle into one's rectal passage. Go on. So... <laughs> You have to use a lot of lube. And I would probably recommend using water-based lube because it's thicker Mm -hmm. than silicone-based. And because, you know, the nozzle of a pump bottle is actually quite... um, coarse. It's quite sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a douche nozzle that's just thin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, I put a lot of lube on this thing and I got, you know, a lot of lube on my fingers and twirled it around and everything. And um, I, I, <laughs> I placed the pump bottle on the ground because oh. these are quite, they're quite large, spacious, spacious yeah. um, long drop rooms. And I sat on it. I placed it on the ground and I crouched over the top of it and sat on it mm-hmm. um, until I knew it was in. And then I 
tilted. <laughs> I stood up. This is not funny. Oh, 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 yeah, sorry, mm. sorry. This mm. very serious matter. Mm. I stood up and I tilted myself over and just pumped. So, so you're saying you went from a squat, squat position to a, into a straight leg position yeah. with um, the pump bottle In, facing the ceiling. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. facing the ceiling. Reached behind. Reached, reached behind and, and squeezed. squeezed until I could feel my innards filled. Sure. And then I pulled it out. And you have to pull it out very slowly. Very slowly and carefully. Because you don't, you, honestly, the last thing you want is an anal fissure at a campsite, mm. particularly on New Year's Eve when you're angling for that New Year's threesome. Absolutely. So I pulled it out. And gently and carefully. Gently and carefully. And then, you, you know, obviously release it. But the problem is, mm. is they're long drops. I so, see a problem here. Well, well, this is what. Well, let's see the challenge. The challenge is it's a long drop, mm. so you can't see if the water is running clear. Oh, aha! Uh-huh. Interesting challenge, mm. right? <clears throat> so, might I suggest mm. taking, as well as the pump bottle mm. or the two pump bottles, mm. the water-based lube? Yeah, perhaps a, perhaps a little um, melamine bowl. A little. A little melamine bowl. You could just squirt a tiny sample into yeah. the melamine bowl. Just <laughs> and just check the color of the water. Just check exactly as a little as a little tester. A little tester. I would probably recommend that after maybe one or two spritzes. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Not the first time round because no, no, you no. know that that's you just not know be clear. that that's going to be full of all sorts. Mm. Um, not clear, shall we not, say? Not clear. No, um, murky. Murky, perhaps. perhaps. Um, Anyway, so that was that process um, occurred, and what potentially the, the listeners might like to know this may be an overshare. I'm not sure. Is that I also um, I live with a condition called irritable bowel syndrome, mm. um, which makes this process a bit noisier than um, what someone may expect. Mm. Um, so but anyway, luckily you're at the um, douching line. I'm at the so douching So everyone's standing outside. So everybody's is, is kind doing of going, the same thing. Exactly, and everybody knows. There's, there's no women with children, no, toddlers no, waiting to take them. Everybody's Squirting. Everyone's ready to do exactly. Everybody's just lining up with their pump bottles and, mm. and things, and the water-based lube, and the water-based lube, as per the recommendations on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I got through maybe. I think by the time I finished, because she did a deep douche, it mm. wasn't just a quick spritz like oh. you would for like a hookup. It was like, I, this is 3 p.m. and I need this to last until at least 5 a.m. the next clean morning. All the way up into the 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 bowel. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the way up to the stomach lining. Ooh. <laughs> Hundreds of meters. You, you needed to keep pumping until it ran exactly. green with bile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to flush the stomach acid out of me. Wow. Just as a side note, that is extraordinarily unhealthy and we do not recommend doing that. <laughs> but anyway. Even on New Year's <laughs> even Eve. Even on New Year's Eve. So I got through about a litre and a half of pump bottle water, which is also quite a lot of water just as, a, as an aside. Mm. But successfully, I you know, I really made sure that it was a delicate operation. Anyway, so I, I pulled open the door mm-hmm. and there was the queue and it was quite stretching lovely. For stretching, as far as stretching for as far as the fist would got. got <laughs> it would reach. It would reach, exactly. <laughs> and anyway, so then New Year's rolled around. We had a gay old time mm-hmm. and then uh, was on the beach, was taken back to my tent by two lovely 
people mm-hmm. and we ended up having a threesome for about six hours. Wow. And um, I kicked them out of the tent at approximately 8.45 the next morning mm-hmm. and then made breakfast with you and Jamie, went for a swim and that was our New Year's Day. There we are. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I mean, that's a lot of very fantastic description <laughs> on how to um, how to do shit a campsite. How to do shit. I've always wanted mm. to share that with folk. Mm. Yes. And it's, I mean, they're, they're all great tips and I think mm. it's really smart. Mm. Um, the last thing you want is giardia from that untreated water. Oof, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely don't be taking it from the water supply at the campground. Mm, no. Yeah. I, th- I think a, a little excursion, a couple of pump bottles. I mean, actually this year you could perhaps try with um, just leaving those pump bottles lying in the sun. And you'd have a nice, ah, warm, nice warm And do you know what? That helps loosen the sphincter. There we go. Upon exit of mm. the water, it just allows the whole process to be a bit fab. So there we are. Enjoyable. Warm them in the sun yeah. through the day. And just on the threesome note, summertime is a time of great sexual exploration for some. Mm. And I think, you know, if you're out there exploring and you're, um, you know, just being conscious of your sexual safety. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. This is, this is a really important thing. And especially, mm. you know, being in an environment where, you know, you maybe don't have all the normal accoutrement, mm. the normal little box of things that you keep exactly. next to the bed. Exactly. Um, so, you know, whether it's your prep, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it's um, condoms and lube, mm-hmm. Whether it's any little toys, perhaps any little dildo pieces that you exactly. need to use to help to um, ready yourself mm-hmm. for action, any of that stuff. I mean, just make sure you take it with you. You know exactly. And you know the other thing I guess to think about is when you're on holiday. Sometimes um, you're in an unfamiliar place and and perhaps you just kind of think the normal rules don't apply but you know i mean it's safety is is always the most important thing and just because you're drunk it doesn't mean that you're not immune to mm. any kind of stis mm. or hiv yeah. or anything like that so you know safety is always the most important thing yeah. and and just you know hold that for yourself but if pre-planning didn't go astray you know t- and you count your prep pills for mm-hmm. as long as you're going away count you know if you're taking hiv medication ensure mm-hmm. that You've got your medication for the amount of days that you'll be going away. And do you know what I do? I, Mm. um, in a little watertight container, Mm. um, I just pop my pill supply into the chili bin. Oh, perfect. Um, And then it doesn't perish. Yeah. That's so great. you don't get things kind of sitting in the hot sun yeah. in a tent or a caravan or yeah. whatever. You know, just pop it in there. Yeah. Make sure it's watertight, yeah. but just keep them into uh, um, in the chili bin on some ice. Same could go with condoms as well because, you know, condoms famously deteriorate there in um, extraordinary temperatures. So if you are thinking about storing condoms while you're traveling, mm. um, again, that's probably a great idea for those just to keep them nice and workable. Absolutely. <laughs> and efficient and effective. <laughs> and I guess as well, um, you know, just... As part of your safety, you know, um, have a full um, STI screening, you know, before you go away on holiday. And then when you come back Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean... Things can happen and, and um, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with just knowing mm-hmm. that you're safe and that, that everything is tickety-boo. Tickety-boo. Another thing with that as well is just ensuring that, you know, we know that window periods do exist. So mm-hmm. once you've had your test upon return, maybe a few months later, just ensuring that there's a little follow-up holiday check, just ensure that everything is still tickety-boo. There we go. Exquiz. No, I just would like to um, just list off a checklist. Perfect. Um, so, extremely important sexy swimsuit. Oh, 
essential um, or maybe several, as we know from you, there's, mm-hmm. you know, but one for each day of the one holiday, for each day of the holiday. And then exactly. sometimes a couple of costume changes during the day it's in a, terms a, of swimsuits. Oh, it's an absolute necessity. There we go. Mm. Wigs? Well, <laughs> it's not a holiday without wigs. The perfect jewellery to go with a Speedo. Of course. One always ni- likes nice necklace to there match her Speedo. A little a little caftan, perhaps um, several. A light drapage mm. of an mm. evening. A, a swimming caftan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something to throw on um, after you've been on the beach. Yes. Yeah, something uh, just kind of thinking as well about sun safety, you know, mm. just a little mm. light layer of fabric or if you've got an extremely pale skin, a little beach umbrella or something yes. um, will just help to protect you from the UV. But just always remember, that you still can get burned through nylon umbrellas or mm. tents even. Mm. Um, so sunblock's really, really important. And, you know, sunblock for the face, sunblock for the body. And the most important thing to think about with sunblock is you can't just put it on in the morning and hope that it does you the day. Exactly. If you're going swimming, make sure you put the sunblock on an hour before so it's got time to sink into Mm -hmm. your skin and then reapply afterwards and just keep reapplying through the day. You know, you just keep topping up your sunblock. Keep topping up. And also, it's just nice to be moisturized. Mm. Well, exactly. Yeah. And a little after sun moment as well. A little after sun moment. Yeah. What I found really helpful last year is I had a, at the end of the day, you know, once the sun had set, Mm. um, I would put on a nice aloe vera kind of moisturizer. And so whatever sun I had had that day, I just allowed it to settle. Mm. It's Um, a little healing as well. A little healing and it just helped with the sleeping too. Yes, Mm. there we go. Mm. So yeah, I mean, all of that stuff is important and I never ever lie out in the sun, but Mm. I always get tanned when we go up Mm. there because we Mm. sit under a little kind of um, nylon fabric dome. Mm. Mm. Um, which is protecting us from the sun a little, but because I've got sunblock on, I still get a tan. Yeah. And that's through that fabric, which is, you know. Do you know I only learned that this year? Mm. Did you know that I learned that you can still tan when you're wearing sunblock? Yeah. I didn't know that. Absolutely. And I am so excited to explore the possibilities of that this year instead of just lying naked on the beach without any sunscreen on, which is very unsafe, children. Listen to me. Unsafe and very uncomfortable. Extraordinarily uncomfortable. You know, there's nothing like a sunburnt taint. Oof. Crispy. (laughs) (laughs) And you did mention the little um, beach time activities that, you know, people often have after dark at our particular campsite. At our particular campsite. Um, If you're taking condoms and lube Mm. down to the beach, just... Keep keep them away from the sand. Absolutely, keep them in a little purse mm. and and utilize their application. Maybe just not close to the sand. Yeah, and ensure that your hands uh, don't have any sand on them when you go to apply because abrasive, honey. Abrasive, and I mean potentially it could kind of break a condom it, as well. It could so. absolutely do that. And um, and obviously anything that. that's kind of after dark behavior, that's the time to make sure that you're safe because you can't really see what's going on. No, and it's let me assure you it is very, very dark on those beaches when there's no light. When you're just guided by the moonlight, mm. um, sometimes not even that is enough mm. unless you're full mooning at a full moon. Well, there we go. And then there's sometimes ample light. Yeah. Sometimes not though. Sometimes not. Safety's paramount. Just look after yourselves because you're precious and um, yeah.
do all of these things. And and if you have any other tips, um, send them through to us because we'd love to know. I'd love to hear a a, a similar story to your douche story if someone's got another. Yes, if anybody has any any other fun preparations. Yeah, another fascinating way of of self-care over the holidays. Add it to the kitty. Mm. Are you having problems at family Christmas? Yes. Do you feel disenfranchised as a queer person? Always. Don't worry. All you need to know is that you have the power within you to combat these problems. Who, me? Yes, you. With five easy payments of queer empowerment, you can survive the holiday period. Oh my gosh! Order now to get your dosage of queer empowerment. Buy one and get one free. I'm gonna buy two! Do you want to know more about douching? Yes, I think I do. Gorgeous. Well, uh, keep an eye out on our Instagram for um, kind of a asking for questions for next year's episodes mm. um, because we can do a little uh, douching section on an episode on early an next upcoming year. episode. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I mean just just generally keep an eye on the the Instagram because um, you know we love to hear um, your questions and we love to hear from you. So we'll do a preview of what we're going to be talking mm. about in the uh, the next. episode episode and, and we'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. And that, if you don't already follow us, is at NZ on Instagram. Fabulous. I want to talk about something else, actually. Mm. Um, you know, we, we go to the beach every year. Mm-hmm. There's very little clothing involved often. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Jamie, um, my partner, is, you know, he, he he's a very avid um, gym goer. And you're a very fit young person. And I'm often working um, 75 hours a week and eating shitty food that I'm getting catered on set. Um, so we, we often it rolls around at Christmas time that, you know, you guys have been sort of peaking and bulking and shredding and whatever the hell you do to look <laughs> the way that you do. <laughs> and, and, and I often think... Oh, here she goes again, the big old white whale oh, lying gosh. next to these little, these, these live little creatures. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's what I used to think anyway, because I've kind of in the last few years, I've, I've just started to embrace me as me. And, um, and I feel like it, it actually has done some great stuff, not only to my self-esteem, but also to just the choices that I make, you mm, know? Um, mm. I think if you love your body and you feel great about your body, then you're going to treat it nicely. Absolutely. Um, and I don't really abuse myself with junk food anymore. Mm. And I always feel great now. I do remember, though, when in years gone by, if I was feeling maybe not as kind of um, trim as I wanted to, Mm. going and getting a little spray tan is actually a great thing. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I used to sometimes get a little spray tan. Another really important thing is to be honest about the size of swimsuit that you need Mm -hmm. to buy. Um, Mm -hmm. If if you don't want people to see that you wear a triple XL swimsuit, just cut the label out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I think the most most important thing in terms of body positivity is confidence. Definitely. You know, feeling confident in yourself, feeling proud of the way that you look. Anyone who looks any way, whether it's something that you're personally attracted to, if you see them moving and and um, acting with confidence, there's something really beautiful and sexy about that. Mm, so mm. those, I guess, are my tips on body positivity. 
One thing I find really interesting on this t- subject is obviously the beach that we go to every year is a nudist beach. Mm. And um, before I had holidayed there, I had only had very limited experience at beaches where people were very um, empowered to be in their own skin. Mm. And I was not empowered to be in my own skin up until that point. But the first year that I went, I made a conscious decision to wear Speedos Mm. for the first time in my life. And I've never looked back. You certainly have. How many pairs do you own now? Eight. Fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) But I was always very ashamed of my pale skin. Mm. And I think the industry that I worked in as a performer was never very kind in terms of your own self-image and things Mm. like that. And I was Mm. always constantly um, second-guessing, Right. you know, trying to fill a a mould of this kind of little twinkie dancer, whatever. Mm. Um, But in kind of subsequent years being empowered by just what's in the mirror and just Mm. kind of going, well, this is what I've been given. This is what I've got. Mm. I don't need to do five weeks of gymming before the beach Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, I mean, it would be a bit of a red flag if somebody didn't want to go near me because I looked a certain way. Mm. You know, I think that's a great indicator of... It's probably not worth it. Exactly. Mm. And... It's not. Mm. And this year, particularly in COVID, you know, I think we have all spent some time inside and not been Mm. able to do all of the physical things. And some of us may have had, you know, three bottles of wine too many (laughs) and the extra calorie intake and whatever. But there was a little bit of time post-COVID where I was kind of going, oh, no, look, I've gained 10 kgs over the lockdown. And But actually, no. I was thinking about this the other day and I thought – I haven't been to the gym in two and a half months Mm -hmm. and I don't give a fuck. Mm. I am going to go there and what is going to be on display will be on display. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to the beach because I want to relax and enjoy my summer, not be in a catalog of people to select for their Mm. fucking in a tent. Because let me tell you, having sex in a tent is not all it's made out to be. (laughs) It's not that fun. Actually having sex in your house is a lot easier and a kind of like, I guess there's like the thrill of having sex in a tent, like sure, whatever. The practicalities are something else. Yeah. And you know what? Like when you're cruising, it's more of an energy sharing and a chemistry rather than what people are looking like mm. on their exterior. I mean, it's you know what I was saying. That if someone has a confidence, yeah. that's more attractive exactly. than any amount of ripples on a six pack yeah. or yeah. And size of a bicep. It's, it's kind of vapid mm. almost yeah. to to have an obsession for that. Because sometimes people with those bodies, have, they're not kind of sexually alluring or, you know, the no. personality isn't there. And yeah. so, you know, what, what you see is not necessarily what you're going exactly. to get. It's just the surface. It really, and, and quite often, and I have experienced this myself, is mm. that, you know, when the, there is a desire to attain a certain aesthetic or maintain a certain mm. aesthetic for a period of time, maybe that's for your holiday or whatever, it limits you mm. and it limits your engagement, your ability to engage with people and have fun and, mm. and you know, eat the extra sausage on the barbecue or mm. eat the extra sausage at the threesome, waka waka. <laughs> um, but, you know, I that's another thing I love about where we go camping is that there are people 
of all shapes and sizes, races and creeds, and everybody at that campsite always looks very happy Mm. and relaxed. And I think that's what the holidays are all about. It's about finding that time to relax and be with, be with friends and family and, Mm. and embracing, really, really embracing what you've got, particularly this year, you know, yeah, We've had a pandemic ravage our globe. Mm. We've had and a pandemic. it's still happening. And I it's mean. still happening. And we're so lucky mm. to be able to have the freedom to go to the beach this summer mm. and to go on holiday. And just who cares? Like, who cares if it's not what you want or it's not what you think people want? Mm. Um I think I said in earlier episode in an earlier episode something about a piece of advice I would give to my younger self is is not not placing my worth sexually on what was presented externally. Mm. Um, and I think that's a great emphasis of particularly for for gay folk when they're at the beach, right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, who can be the biggest show pony or whatever? Mm. Or, it's just not that, but it's the confidence. Yeah. Yeah, feeling great about yourself and and having a big, you know, a, a big smile on someone's face is the most the most attractive thing, I think. Mm. I just also wanted to say on the whole body positivity thing, mm. um, during lockdown I was having a look at some old photos mm-hmm. and I remember this particular holiday in Ibiza and I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm not looking my best. Mm. It's my first holiday with my boyfriend at the time and I just didn't feel great and, mm. you know, I was whatever, blah, 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 inside my head. Um, I found the photos from that holiday. I was snatched. She was <laughs> snatched. She was snatched. She had little ripples here and there. The muscles were there. Ooh. The hair was right. Mm. The skin was beautiful. Mm. Like, I, I guess the, the takeaway from that is, you know, your body will change over time. Yeah. Each year you'll look slightly different. Yeah. When you get older, it's harder to keep weight off. So for some people it's harder to put weight on. You mm. know, everyone's got their cross to bear. Mm. Um, none of it's really important. You know, as you were saying, it's really just about how you feel on the inside Absolutely. and, the, and the, you know, just feeling happy, confident and yeah, just wonderful because it's going to change. Exactly. Every year it'll be slightly different. No one looks exactly the same every year. And no matter what, everybody, no matter how they look, is deserving of a happy, relaxing summer holiday. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And 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 thanks for supporting us this year. It's been so fun. And I've just really, really loved, um, you know, us just, just having this little camp time together. Place. It's been so gorgeous. And the, and the incredible guests that we've had on. Oh, and my gosh. All of the things we've learned and, and I guess the, the journey through queerdom that we're, we're on and that we've been through. Mm, I can't I, wait for it to continue next year. I know. We're only just starting. I know. So fun. Well, have a wonderful holiday period, everyone. And stay safe. Stay kind. And, you know, just be the best you. Absolutely. And we will see you again in the new year. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about next. Tell us on our Instagram, which is endinghivnz. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share with all your friends. And check out the show notes for all the juicy links and resources. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye.